0: Welcome back to the Recalibrate Podcast. I'm your host, JC. Each week, I talk about my experience in ways that I've made small shifts in certain areas to improve my mindfulness, mental health, and happiness. If you haven't listened to my last episode on New Year's resolutions, I definitely recommend you go check it out before listening to this one. In light of this time of year being a time where people are putting a lot of pressure on themselves to take on more things, do more, improve every little thing that's ever been wrong about them... I wanted to make this episode on the importance of rest, especially in a world that is focused on this hustle culture, hyper productivity mindset, where Every person is basing their self-worth off of how much they can output in a day-to-day basis and measuring their success and how they feel about themselves off of that metric. This is something that I've struggled with in the past and something that I'm still getting more comfortable with really unlearning that need to be productive and having to always be doing something productive and not allowing my body to have the time and space it needs to rest. But I've been putting a really conscious effort into this lately, and I've done a lot of research into why it's important and kind of why you should adapt your life and routine, especially to the seasons, which is a newer concept for me. I recently read this book called Wintering that I'll talk about that goes into this. And I'll also explore why you're still feeling exhausted even after getting enough sleep. I know the first thing you're probably thinking is that you are too busy and your job is too demanding and you don't have the time and the only option that you have is to take on this hyper-productive mindset and really put productivity above everything. There's been a lot of studies on this to show how we perform when we overwork and even though you might feel like you're getting more done by putting in more hours or taking on more, it doesn't actually end up being the case. At some point, there's diminishing marginal return they've done studies where they increase work weeks from like 40 hours a week to 60 or 70 hours a week and productivity might rise in the short term but then after fatigue starts to set in and burnout starts to occur productivity levels tend to fall back to even lower than where they were at the original baseline being burnt out also leads to being more prone for diseases later in life like dementia and all of the other negative associations that come with stress I know many of us, myself included, have been conditioned to believe that we always have to be on and productive and it puts such an emphasis on constantly working and achieving the next thing but once you're burned out truly you will not even be able to enjoy any of the benefits that you found from outputting more or trying to get ahead obviously as technology has gotten a lot more advanced and work is so accessible and we have so much information at our fingertips and we're always available what our image of success looks like is different than it looked like 30 years ago. It is not normal that we have so much insight into how other people are living their lives. There's constantly this pressure and race to get ahead because you always feel behind and you feel like the only way that you can be successful is through working long hours or staying late at work. And everyone thinks that this is a superpower and it's amazing, but over time, If you keep doing this, you'll experience burnout and you'll feel such a lack of fulfillment in your life. The thing is when we start to see everyone do this either at work or in our personal life, you just start to see this become the new baseline, the new normal. We just have this idea that we assume the more time we spend at work or being accessible or being available, the more productive we are. People have meetings all day and then they feel like they've been doing something but then they've actually gotten nothing done and it's just like this need to seem busy to others that we keep striving for for some reason because we want other people to see us as successful. I think a lot of it goes into how you feel about yourself and about your self-worth because what it really comes down to is like you're trying to prove yourself to other people and you feel guilty or not good enough if you're not constantly outputting. The hyper productivity is just the way it manifests like you want to be able to say either that little voice inside yourself or to other people or you want other people to notice like hey look at me look at all of the things that i'm doing like am i good enough yet And you might not realize it at a service level because if you've never had that thought, just think, that's crazy, I'm just putting in long hours of work, I want to get promoted or I I need to do this thing. You just think that you're doing it because of this overlying idea of success, but when you pull it back to its deepest level, it goes back to ego and how you want other people to view you and how you view yourself if you're having trouble with that self-worth aspect. Obviously, there are times where you have to be able to stay a little later at work and put in extra hours during an important time period if you have a a big presentation coming up and all of that is fine. But my goal for myself and hopefully to inspire you is to just try to find the balance between it and implement more balance across the board. Find that ebb and flow between when you can work hard and when you can pull back and rest. Relating to this need to always be doing more and having trouble finding periods of rest I was talking to a friend and she said that specifically in the winter she has a lot more trouble staying motivated and sticking to her normal routine and she feels a lot more sleepy and she tends to beat herself up over this quote-unquote laziness that she feels like comes over her in the winter but she recently read this book that she recommended to me called Wintering the Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Kristen May. After reading this book she felt like it almost gave her permission to rest and gave her that validation she needed through the perspectives that it was offering. So obviously I was very intrigued to read it as something that I struggle with is really allowing my body to take these periods of rest and not that fake rest where like you're still somehow doing something productive even though you're laying in bed. It's like true deep quality of rest that your body needs that feels nourishing and allows you to overcome that burnout. So I just finished this book. It's the first book I read this year, and I absolutely love it. I would definitely recommend it, but... Basically, to summarize some of the concepts of the book, wintering refers to the idea of taking a break or a pause in order to find that period of rest and recharge and reflection. It is a time of rest and retreat that allows us to let go of the busyness and demands of daily life and really create space to step back and look at your life and look at the things you've been doing and create time for growth and transformation. The concept of wintering she talks about is obviously throughout winter as a season but also can be useful during difficult periods of your life of periods of transition of periods of sickness or even like a death in the family and it's just really catered around times in our lives where we need extra support and care to help us navigate challenges and find new ways going forward i found myself continually taking pictures or highlighting different passages that she talked about she said in the book wintering is a season in the cold it is a fallow period in life when you're cut off from the world feeling rejected silent blocked from progress or cast into the role of an outsider perhaps it results from an illness or a life event perhaps it comes from a humiliation or failure perhaps you're in a period of transition and have temporarily fallen between two worlds some wintering creep upon us more slowly accompanying the protracted death of a relationship The gradual ratcheting up of caring responsibilities as our parents age or the drip of lost confidence. Some are appallingly sudden like discovering one day that your skills are obsolete, the company you worked for has gone bankrupt, or your partner is in love with someone new. However it arrives, wintering is usually involuntarily lonely and deeply painful. However, wintering brings about some of the most profound and insightful moments of our human experience and wisdom resides in those who have wintered. We have seasons when we flourish and seasons when the leaves fall from us revealing our bare bones. Given time, they grow again. This book just felt so comforting to me and our bodies are actually designed for these periods of rest and in evolutionary terms rest and relaxation isn't just a luxury humans have always had to adapt to seasonal changes and taking time to rest and relax allows us to conserve energy and prepare times for greater demand so even in times in history and across different species animals do this by hibernation and storing up enough food and energy to last through times of cold or times of scarcity when they're not going to be able to get food. Across the board, taking time to rest and recharge helps us in turn be more effective in the things that we want to show up for in our daily lives. It allows us to step back and gain new perspectives, help us to better understand challenges and find new ways to address them, and it helps us to connect with ourselves and our values this is something that's really important because i think a lot of times when we get so caught up in the chaos and busyness we tend to almost lose ourselves and lose sight of what our overall values and goals are. We say that X, Y, Z thing is important to us, but we're not actually making any time for it because we're so focused on school or work that we don't take any time to participate in things that we value. In the book it's actually really interesting because she also explores cultural approaches to rest across the world. And it was so cool to hear her experience as she traveled around to better understand these approaches. So there's a Swedish tradition called Fika, F-I-K-A and basically swedish people sit twice a day about 10 a.m in the morning and 3 p.m in the afternoon and fika roughly translates to coffee and cake but it really is just to take time out of your day to pause and typically have a hot drink like a tea or coffee and have a snack and it's an important ritual in the swedish culture that gives yourself time to take a break and socialize That is one of their most cherished customs, which is just so cute. And I think in the United States, this would almost be a laughable concept that we stopped to sit and socialize or God forbid, take a break during the day and the amount of times that you're on your phone during the day you could absolutely take a break for 10 minutes and do something like this but it's just not something that's normalized here the author Kristen struggled a lot in periods of depression and just periods of feeling so burnt out that she just could not even participate in her everyday life and she was someone that was very high achieving she was a college professor she had a husband kids and she just got to this point where she just completely broke down like she wasn't able to find the balance until much much later she said in the book there are times when everything seems easy and times where it all seems impossibly hard To make that manageable, we only have to remember that our present will one day become a past and our future will be our present. We know that because it's happened before. The things we put behind us will often come around again. The things that show us trouble now will one day be past history. Each time we endure the cycle, we ratchet up a notch. We learn from the last time around and we do a few things better this time. We develop tricks of the mind to see us through. This is how progress is made, but one thing is certain. We will simply have different things to worry about. We will have to Clench our teeth and carry on surviving again. In the meantime, we can only deal with what's in front of us at this moment in time. We take the next necessary action and the next. At some point along the line, the next action will feel joyful again. And it kind of just goes in a lot of the times to how we can step back and look at the moment that we're at in a new light and how the darkness makes us appreciate times of joy more which obviously when you say that it sounds relatively simple but the way that she describes these periods in her life and how she ends up describing winter and how she describes all of these different periods of physical and emotional darkness felt so comforting because i felt like it was a lot of things that people don't typically talk about and to go back to what my friend originally said about the book, I completely agree that it felt almost permission giving to think about ways that you could adapt your routine or schedule during different times of the year and really find ways to slow down especially in winter when it's really cold and dark out because there's a lot of reasons why these periods really affect our mental and physical health and how we experience the world. I talked about this in my seasonal depression episode but changing seasons a lot of the times affect our energy levels and moods because there's shorter days and longer nights which leads to a decrease in natural light affecting how our natural rhythms of our body match up with the rhythms of daylight patterns since there's less light exposure this affects your production of melatonin and serotonin and there tends to be a lot of mood changes because of this and also just having a seasonal routine can help you feel more grounded and connected because you are kind of letting yourself ebb and flow with how the world is revolving instead of just being so rigid and pushing through and almost acting as if the outside world doesn't exist. I know that this idea of doing nothing can be very difficult for many of us to wrap our heads around, myself included, because in our very achievement-oriented society, we are just so encouraged to be productive and constantly on the go. We're continually time after time again rewarded for doing this instead of taking time to rest and relax. And resting and relaxing can feel like a waste of time when we have so much to do. But by doing nothing and allowing your mind and body to recharge, we are more energized, have better mental health, able to show up more creatively and more productively when we need to in other areas. There's another book that I want to read called Autopilot, The Art and Signs of Doing Nothing. And in the book, the author writes that being idle is one of the most important activities in life and he says that idleness is a lost art. We are constantly being asked to do more, to work harder, to make every moment the most efficient that it could possibly be but this book really focuses on doing less instead of more. The evidence in this book argues that your brain needs to rest because our minds are evolved for intense action. But in order to function normally, our brains also need to be idle a lot of the time. This chronic busyness is not only bad for your brain, but in the short term, it destroys creativity, self-knowledge, emotional well-being, your ability to be social, and it can also end up damaging your cardiovascular health in the future and the reason that he titles this book autopilot is because much like the actual function when we enter resting and relinquishing that manual control like pilots do the autopilot knows where your brain wants to go and what you want to do but you have to give up that control in order to let your mind guide you and be more intuitive with what your body actually needs by allowing yourself to have these periods, it can actually improve your creativity because of the way it gives your mind a chance to process information, leading to new insights and ideas and it helps to manage stress, reduce feelings of anxiety, and allows your body to get out of that fight or flight mode and realize that not everything is a 911. Not everything is just an urgency, a need to do right now. Like You can take some time and approach it from a more calm mindset. It's interesting because he plays off of how typically as humans hate idleness, like we want to be busy all the time and we think it's such a waste to be doing nothing. But it's funny because for most of our evolution, conserving energy was the number one priority because even getting enough to eat was just such a physical challenge. Since in today's world, our survival doesn't really require any physical exertion so we've basically just invented all of these kinds of busyness that we can take on. People with too much time on their hands tend to become unhappy or bored but boredom ends up being the key to creativity and self-knowledge. It's interesting like I find this to be the case for me too. Whenever I'm feeling burnt out or feeling kind of anxious I always have something playing like I'll always have my airpods in or I'll always be distracting myself watching videos or not. I find that it's so much harder for me to do things like the podcast or for me to be creative in other areas of my life because I actually can't hear my own thoughts and I feel like I have no good ideas and it's so hard for me to innovate. But when I allow myself to really just be bored and not always have my headphones in or take moments of pause in between activities, just really let myself sit there in silence for even just like 10 or 15 minutes, I start to unwind and I start to To have actual thoughts again and it's interesting to see how we go so far in either direction. After doing more research into the importance of rest and how resting is super beneficial for all of these areas of your brain and body, I also found that there are different types of rest. So this was really interesting for me because there have been periods in my life where I was getting seven or eight hours of sleep a night but I was still feeling so exhausted. In that case, the issue probably isn't that you're not getting enough physical rest but it's likely what's called a rest deficit in another area so there are actually seven different types of rest physical mental spiritual emotional social sensory and creative and each type has its own characteristics that kind of present itself if you have a deficit in those areas once you've figured out the type of rest you need you can start to adapt the types of rest that you're taking to fit that specific need so physical rest is the one you think of The most often and it has an active component and also a passive component so passive is you know taking time to sleep or nap and getting high quality sleep but it also includes active things like taking time to stretch or using a foam roller doing things like yoga and making sure that you are supporting your body's mobility and physically supporting your body in that way signs that you have a physical rest deficit could be like your body's constantly sore or in pain you feel swelling or maybe your joints are always hurting and that could be a sign that you need to prioritize physical rest if you're not getting six plus hours of sleep this is something you should definitely prioritize. Even just take deep breaths during your workday or try to go to a restorative yoga class and really take time to slow down and support your physical body. Mental rest is when you are that wired but tired feeling like your body is physically tired but when you lie down to go to sleep at night your mind is racing and you're not able to quiet it and fall asleep or if you're staring at the same page of a book for 10 minutes your thoughts are super negative another example of this is that you're really struggling with concentration and recall let's say you're going into a grocery store and you're trying to remember what you went in for but then you can't remember anything There's studies starting to show that people that have this type of rest deficit are in their 30s and they can't remember three items that they need to pick up at a grocery store for longer than a few minutes because their brain is just so overworked and so busy and they're not able to hold on to this information. If this is something that you're struggling with, something that helps me here is like to make lists if I find that there's a million things going on in my mind and just really help clear out space for me to process information maybe add in a meditation or journaling or finding a grounding practice that can help you to mentally slow down and start to unwind that sense of urgency the next one is social rest so this doesn't mean just like completely retreating from society but socializing can definitely be exhausting even if you're someone that is extroverted and You kind of have to just take account of who you're spending time with that is draining to you versus who feels restorative to you. So one of my friends does this and after she hangs out with people, she will literally Note down if it felt restorative or if it felt draining to her. And social rest is the rest that we experience around people that really give back to us and feel like they're adding to our energy instead of pulling from that energy. One of the ways you can start to evaluate this is to do that same thing and take a list to see who's contributing to your life and who you feel like you can just enjoy their company and each other's presence without feeling you have to give something to them all the time and try to be aware of the dynamics of who you spend time with this can also mean like just taking a night to yourself and doing the things that you love to do and maybe you don't need to go out every single night of the weekend and see friends like You can spend one night or even a few hours just doing the things that you love to do and reconnecting with yourself. Next one is spiritual rest. And this doesn't necessarily mean in the context of religion, although it could be if that's something that you are into, but it also can just mean seeking out a sense of purpose and something to ground you and make you feel like you are connected to something that's bigger than yourself. A good way to help with this is you can find somewhere to volunteer or find a broader community to help you level set almost in this area the next one is sensory rest and whether or not you're aware of this i think this is one that affects me a lot especially living in a big city there is constantly so much sensory overload that we experience with the sound of cars and People like kids yelling and the sounds of your phone going off and bright lights and being in a store and the music's really loud. All of these sensory inputs over time can cause you to really have a sensory overload and it can make you irritated or angry and people with a sensory rest deficit find out that maybe may are fine with this in the morning but then by the end of the day they are just so irritable with all of these noises I've definitely experienced this before and I sometimes will turn off all the lights in my room put on noise canceling headphones and then just lay there in silence so that I can calm myself down Next one is emotional rest. This is just when we feel like we are carrying a lot of emotions and we haven't really found a way to like express them or we haven't had the opportunity to give them space like we kind of just hold on to them and I think a way to help with this type of deficit is either to journal or try to schedule therapy if that's something that's accessible to you or find someone that you feel comfortable sharing your emotions with and being mindful not to just dump your emotions on a friend especially if they have their own things going on but If there's space to and they have capacity to, like it can feel good to kind of share that with someone else so that you can feel like you have a place to express it. The next one is creative rest. And the way that you can see if you have a deficit in this area is you have a hard time brainstorming or being innovative or problem solving is really hard. It doesn't just relate to art. It's any type of innovation that you're doing in your life. A way that you can get back in touch with this is to take time getting inspired, maybe going to a museum, or finding music that you really like, or appreciating beauty in a lot of different forms, even just like going outside and really taking time to notice your surroundings can help with this deficit. Looking at all of these concepts I thought was really interesting because most people when you're thinking about rest you have like a very one-sided view of it. You say, okay I got six or seven or eight hours of sleep i should be good to go why do i still feel tired and you keep pushing yourself through but when you look at all of these different types of rest and you start to apply it to your own life you can really start to direct your focus to those areas and try to build up those places and see if that helps your energy levels and finding like the quality and type of rest instead of just focusing on one area versus the other i know that when you have so much on your plate slowing down feels like the last thing that you can do but your week or d- into your daily or weekly routine you will be able to see the benefits and everything will still get done. The world will not end and you will support your most important asset, which is yourself. I think a lot of times people get lost in it and they tend to lose sight of what is actually important in life. So this is just your reminder that you are the most important and there is a balance. So of course there are times where you have to give and take, but at its core, it is always important to support your own mind and body and do what is best for you. So I hope this episode Was helpful for you. I hope that you are taking time to rest. If you're feeling burnt out, maybe try to experiment looking at some of these types of rest deficits that can come on and how they can help you if you really focus on certain ones rather than others. If you're new here, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it so you can be notified of new episodes. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day or night or week whenever you're listening to this. I am so, so grateful for all of you for listening and for following along, and I will talk to you again next Tuesday.